Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in today, go down, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We do love those, and they help a ton. They do. That's a free way of kind of helping us out. Another way of helping us out is to help our sponsors. So first of all, Dr. Dish, if you're thinking of, of getting a, a team that wants to shoot the ball better and consistently put that, that round ball into that cylinder, uh, check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking to talk to me on a regular basis, right, James? Uh, then you can uh, you can become a teachhoops.com member, and we'll we'll I'll put you on the bat phone, and we'll take care of your your specific needs. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. All right, Coach Unplugged uh, episode. I'm not even going to guess, Coach. It's over a thousand. If you can believe, it, I've done over a thousand podcasts. That's awesome. Um, but I have a face for radio, so that's why I've done so many. Uh, um, any, anyway, so uh, Coach Robinson, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, and you have, first of all, you're a Hall of Famer, but you, you're, you're, you have such an interesting basketball journey. Um, when I was reading my show notes beforehand, that um, I just want you to share with the audience kind of your journey, how you started playing, you know, how it kind of led to to being a professional player and then what what you're kind of doing now. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Coach Robinson, um, and you just kind of introduce yourself and then kind of take us on that on that basketball journey. Okay. I'm Crystal Robinson. Uh, I went to Southeast Oklahoma State. I'm born and raised in Oklahoma. I started playing basketball at a very young age. Both of my parents were college All-Americans, JUCO college All-Americans. Uh, my dad went to college. He reclassified and went to college from the 11th grade from Louisiana. Okay. They called me the so, so, so was, do, you, do you have any siblings? Five. Okay. Siblings. And, and did they all play? 
everybody played. Uh, my sister Brandy went to college. My sister BJ went to college and played, but she got pregnant. And, and uh, now she's a real high up person in Choctaw Nation. She just okay. was the basketball manager. My sister Brandy played at Southwest Missouri State. Okay. And uh, my brothers played in high school, but my sister Brandy has a six eight son who's uh, was a top thirty, and he just signed with Arkansas. Okay. Um, in the okay. SEC, he's a six seven two guard. Well, you, well that's what they're. That, and trust I shot me, training. When 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 you uh, when you look at the NBA draft, you know that's what they're looking for. They're looking for those long lanky uh, long lanky players. So, did was it competitive? Were there competitive games huh. in the house? My my dad, my dad passed away about five years ago. He and I, he played as a young child. He didn't play with me when I got in high school. He played with me up until he was probably in his late 50s, early 60s, because he was a 6'8", two guard. My dad was really, really, really good. He played at K-State um, okay. after he learned. He didn't graduate, but he finished his career there. And um, he was probably... They, my parents loved basketball. My mom still doesn't do anything. Like she's in depression if basketball is not on TV. But um, I know, they, I know. I'm gonna give away when we're recording this. But I just watched the Bucks beat the Heat. I don't know. Uh -huh. if you, you probably, you probably. No, I was. I haven't watched. Yeah, I mean, a last second shot in OT. It's like the Heat. The Heat is the Bucks like um, Achilles' heel. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know. So if there's a game on, we always find it. Uh, I always find out that there's basketball families and it sounds like yeah, you were in a basketball that's, family. That's definitely my family. So they bought me a Nerf goal when I was five years old and I tore that thing up. They taped it up so much. And I really fell in love with basketball because I grew up in a really volatile situation and basketball became my outlet. So every time I took my basketball at school, it was under my feet. I dribbled it to school and it became my way to take my frustrations out and all of the energy that I had that I didn't know what to do with being an ADHD kid, I'd get on the court and just take it out on the person next to me. I, I, find, and not that I find that very intriguing too, because I, when I was growing up and I was, I was always a two guard undersized two guard, but I was a two guard and could always shoot. I, it was the way I kind of just zoned everything out. I could go to the park. We were talking about this before, but I could go to the park and shoot and work on my game. And it was just like, I was in my own little world all the stresses and stuff left behind and then when i came yeah. back home yeah i love that that's that's exactly what it was and it just gave me the ability to channel my anger in a very positive way so i just wasted that energy and played as hard as i could right. every second on the floor on the, and it just made me it, it was a, it was a place of release a place where i didn't have to think about nothing but things that made me happy and it was you know being successful I love that. Okay, so then you played in high school. Then what happened? Um, yeah, I played in high school. I played for four state championships. Didn't win one till I was a senior. Uh, I was. Oh, I uh, bet that was I, sweet, though. Yeah, it, it was. It was sweet. I mean, I guess you could say, but I should have won four. That's how. When you're a competitive person and you look back, but I am very thankful how my my high school coach didn't say, "Oh, I have a great player, and I'm just going to let you go." He taught me how to use my talent. Like he, he kept me from just being a great athlete. That's the best thing I can say. I am number four in the efficiency book. If you look in sports efficiency in basketball, in the right. WNBA, I'm number four. And I'm the only guard in that top five. I didn't make mistakes. I didn't turn the ball over. I played 37 minutes a game right now, but uh, efficiency was just everything for me. And that's, that's what I did. basketball. I just took it out on everybody else and played my, balls to the wall i hope i can say that but i played yeah, as hard okay. as I, 
possibly play. And and that's what you – it's hard to teach people to play like that. You know, as a coach, when you have a talented player that just don't have an engine, and you mm-hmm. every day you see him, he's like, you got all that talent. If I could just snap I know. you and throw it on that kid, that kid would be phenomenal. I, 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 I've coached – gosh, I probably have coached 10 to 12 professional players and a couple have played in the NBA – but Wesley's the Wesley Matthews who plays for the Lakers now is probably is, is the most successful one. And I say, you always have it. There's an it thing. Yes, I, sir. I don't know. Cause the coaches will ask and they'll call about other players and I'll go, he's good. And they go, what does that mean? I go, he's good, but I'm not sure he's got it. Cause you can yeah. kind of tell when, when the, like I knew Wesley when he was in seventh grade, Wesley had it. Wow, he had to work for it really hard and wasn't drafted and blah blah blah. But he is, I think he's on his 14th year of his NBA career. But he had something that you just can't put your finger on. It's one of those things. I probably have have coached players that have more athleticism and are probably just as good as basketball players, but they didn't. Yeah, I'm not sure they had it. Um, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if anybody can ever figure out what that is you're right because it's that it's that special thing and make it's what makes them yeah and i don't have i don't it most people probably think it has to do with talent it ain't doesn't have to do with talent Mm -hmm. it has Mm -hmm. to do with this inner drive that's just a will to succeed that just it doesn't matter what you throw at me i'm gonna duck it go around it run through it whatever i got to do because success is is my insight and nothing's gonna stop me from getting there right and i'm gonna i i tell i tell i tell people i said there's you look at the NBA and there's 300 and some players in the NBA. And I'll, I said, there's another 2000 that could be in the NBA. Yes, but sir. They didn't work enough. They'd rather go party with their friends. They didn't spend the time, blah, blah, blah. They just don't have the difference between them and the ones that, that are playing isn't that big, but um, they, and- there's something, yeah, there's something there. Yeah, I 1,000% I agree with you. And you can see it, like, in kids when they're really, really young. You really can. Like, and hopefully life doesn't change them. Like, their life situations, life circumstances, there's always extenuating circumstances to that, to that can knock you off your path. You know what I mean? And people like you, coaches like you, coaches like me, that's what makes, to me, us so important and our job so valued. Because those kids are kids that we kind of keep in, and, and they value what we have to say. Someone else, like a teacher, could say the same thing to them that you say to them, but they're going to take it from you. Right. Yeah, they run with it. It's Yeah, so then yeah. where did you play Where did you play in college? Uh, I actually went to Louisiana Tech, which is a big powerhouse at the time, oh, but yeah. I just really didn't feel like I fit in, and I left La Tech, and I actually was two, two, three – uh, it was only three WNBA players that came from the NAI, and I was a sixth overall pick. And I came from the NAI. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I also played in the American Basketball League before the WNBA, and I was Rookie of the Year in that league. And you had Don Staley, Teresa Edwards, Katie Smith, uh, some of the, the biggest names, Katrina McLean. Uh, shoot, I could just go Yolanda Griffin. Oh, I remember. Yeah, okay. All those people were in that league. And I averaged 20 and 10 in the league full of those people. Wow. Um, yeah, so – and what so so before we dive into your WNBA career, so what's your what's your feeling on the WNBA? I have some well, feelings that before I, I go by before I do that, I, I I played for 
I played only three years at Southeastern. In three years, I scored almost 4,000 points. And uh, what was I about to tell you? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. So I, I played three years at Southeastern. I uh, went to three national championships. Didn't win any. Uh, I got beat by almost the same score two years in a row. Then fast forward to the WNBA. I, I, I'll go. I played for three championships and didn't win one. Then I won one in WNBA as a coach. But to, I told you all that just to tell you that from coaching JUCO, I actually coached from third graders to pros. And I have won or played for a championship everywhere I've ever been as a coach or a player. And the, my best coaching time, I learned the most when I coached third through fifth graders. I know, I'm telling you. I had to learn how to communicate in a different way. And I think every coach should have to coach third and fifth grade because it teaches you not to yell at people. It teaches you you can't really get them to do what you want if you're livid all the time. Um, Now, is there time to be mad? Yes. But if you really want to get the best out of those kids, you have to work the hardest to be the best communicator. And for me, you have to be able to communicate with individuals, everybody. I know that everybody wants to say, well, we're going to treat everybody the same. In some aspects, yes, everybody's going to get the same treatment in the fact that I'm going to punish you if you deserve to be punished. But at the same time, if you, if I got a 30-point score a game, I'm treating her a little bit different how she scores the ball than you. And getting people to understand, don't compare yourself. We are teammates. Your skill set builds this team just as much. Take away your skill set, we're going to lose too. But getting to me, that's how you convince kids to give up their. Well, comparison, comparison is the thief of joy. First it, is. it is so, so it's so like true. Instagram. I tell my high school kids that all the time. I said, stop it. It's like no one lives the life you're seeing online. So stop it. Comparison is the thief of joy. But uh, and and also it's like there's a reason a person scoring 20 points a game and I'm getting them shots. It's like sometimes it's not. Yeah. So some of those at the same I, time, what you're saying is that I then there's players that's complaining. I'm like, you couldn't score 20 points a game if I gave you 15 shots. So why I, are you complaining? I, and I'm very I say, I say you couldn't score 30 points in an empty gym with 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 a ball. Like, stop it. So you know, yeah, like stop. And then and then at some point, you know, when you get to the younger kids, the kids are not the problem, the parents are the no, parents you're probably are. yeah. Bobby Knight always said the tough, the best job in the world is in an orphanage. That's what Bobby Knight always said. Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe and like uh, no matter where you listen to podcasts, whether you're jogging, walking the dogs, walking the kids, playing at the pool, uh, go over and subscribe. Apple would be great. A five star. <laughs> if you're going to do a two star, don't do it. Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, we would also love if you went over to teachubes.com. It's what allows us to keep the lights on here and keep things at chugging. Um, so go over and check that out. 14 day free trial. Uh, you know, everyone's got to work on their game and their craft, come over and help us. And then the last thing is if you're thinking of, um, looking for other podcasts, go over and check out high school hoops, um, and teacher side gig. Those are two other ones. And we, we might have a fourth one in the, in the tank, but we'll, we'll tease you on that one. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Um, <laughs> and there's some truth to that. Um, no, I let's. I want to circle back to the elementary because my when my son was coming up and my daughter was coming up, I coached theirs teams. And the thing is, you have to break the the game down into the minutia at that age. Yeah, like it's like if you can't if you can teach a third grader, you can. I mean, shoot, I could coach the Bucks. Here you go, Giannis. Bye. You know, it's like yeah, they have very good coaches. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, 
it's like those guys are you're you, the, the, the coaching the, at yeah. that level it's psychology i've done it both they, those players most of those players have their own personal trainers they're playing with right you coach them in the game time thing but they're getting their training somewhere else what you have to do as a as a your facilitator as a head coach in the pros because you have to make people put their egos to the side and get along and put out fires now do you have to be good at x's those yes but as a head coach I could hire you with all your talent and let you be the X's no coach. Take the credit, and both of us is gonna get something good out of. Phil right. Jackson did it forever with Tex, right? <laughs> with the triangle offense, right? And 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 he did it with that, and he was a he was a psychologist, he was a psychologist, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. he put out all he put out all the brush fires. I know it, 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 it. Yeah, it's funny. It's like everyone should have to do that. So, um, so I I want to talk to you about the NBA because from a former player. This is this is a, is a NBA or the WNBA. Which one? You said well, NBA. The, the, well, we can talk about the NBA, okay. but the, we, <laughs> I want to know as a as a father of a daughter. I, the WNBA is a second class citizen, and I think it's horrible. Um, I think the women should be just making as much money as the men. Um, I don't think they get. I don't think they get the PR, and I think some things are changing. I mean, you couldn't even buy a jersey. For five years ago with someone's name. You could, you just don't have them that you have to go. They're not everywhere. Like, right. it's, like it's business. It's bar business. You don't put product on shelves in cities that you don't have a team. Like, right. It's, it's, it's a bit in all of its business. Like, and you can't have more money if there's not fans to that's buying tickets. Right. <laughs> so for me, the WNBA's problem is their marketing strategy. Yeah. Like I'm in Dallas, right. in Dallas. And you're in, we play in Arlington. If you go over to, uh, say, uh, let me think, DeSoto. No, DeSoto's right. closer to Arlington. But you go away from there, 45 miles, and they don't even know the Dallas Wings exist. <laughs> so how can you, grassroots marketing has to be better in the WNBA. It has to be better. It has to be better. And the thing is, and Texas is like its own country. Like, it is. They should be, and it's a, they should be 40, everywhere. Everywhere. And, and, you know, every weekend in Texas, there's a gym with 60 courts on it, in it that has a hundred thousand people in it. We have no presence there. So, right. and that's, that's, that's not even costing a lot of money to market to do that. That's, that's a cheap way to market. And then right. the other thing I think is one of the biggest problems in the WNBA is, is, is the fact that uh, they keep trying to market to 28 to 35 year old men. Like for me, it's time to go out and target the women that sit in the seats, challenge them. You go to any NBA game, you go to any hockey game, you go to any baseball game, there's women in those stands, whether they're there with a the man that's making them be there, but they go to games. They should be spending their dollars to support women. If right. you really want to support women and grow women, I like for me, I'm just tired of begging 28, 35 year old men that could never beat me in basketball, come right. watch me play. I really don't care if you come watch me play or not because you can't beat me anyway, And but you have the most ridicule toward me. Right. And the thing is, the thing is, and, and the thing, what they're not thinking about is like, they should be marketing to all these girls are playing at AAU and high, pretty high levels. Yeah. And it's like, why aren't you there? Why aren't you in those so, gyms? That's yeah. Nike is a big sponsor. Why isn't the WNBA in some kind of situation or partnership where they are at every EYBL event. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, I'm, I'm not a business person, but it, I'm not. And maybe there's rules that I don't know that prevents that from happening. Maybe there's a, an ignorance on my part to something, but sometimes things just seem so simple. 
Right. But we well, make and I think what happened this year with the weight room and the, the NCAA women's is a is a tip of the iceberg. Well, that is, it, it is. It's a tip of the iceberg. The NCAA is like is like most state associations. It's like, come on, you you you're making billions B billions of dollars, and you you should also be marketing. It's like. And don't and 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 don't let's not fool ourselves. You're 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 basically a minor league for the NBA and for the NFL and for the you know, um, in sports. And it's like until he's until they start giving back. Anyway, I could get on a soapbox about this for a long time, but you're right. I think it's a marketing issue. It's not a game issue, and it's not, not a product issue. The the product is getting better and better. You more girls are able to dump now. More right. girls like. You're from Wisconsin. Arike Agumbawale is a whole different animal oh, as a basketball player. You have, to, you have to bring three to the ball every time or Arike is going to torch you. Right. You now, as good as Diana was, you could stop Diana with a double team. Right. But Arike, you have to almost pre-rotate that person. And soon as that ball, if that ball's thrown back, you got to be there. Or Arike can split. Like, she's just unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. And, and, and to be honest with you from an outsider watching the women's NCAA games were better than the final four was better than the men's to be honest with you. Just if you like basketball, I just don't see why there always has to be a comparison. Like for me, I'm a great basketball player, but I know I'm not a man. I know I'm not stronger than you. I know I'm not faster than you. I know I can't jump higher than you. I don't even compare myself to you, but why does my game have to be bad? I I don't, I'm I'm not in any competition with you. Um, Right. Because I'm good doesn't mean that I think I'm better than you, but I'm good in my own right for a woman. Right. Well, and I think we maybe, and I keep, and I, and I've had this discussion with my coaches. I think maybe we're a generation away. I think the, I think the girls that are playing now, when their families are, I, I think we yeah. might just be one. Gen, we just got to figure out. And you're right. I think they have to do a better job of marketing. Um, and almost break off in some respects from the NBA. Um, and I'm not sure what that entails, but. Uh, well, they know. have actually like, you know, lots of teams that like Seattle storm. I won a championship with them. They don't have any affiliation with the NBA. They, they, the NBA team was about to cut them. A group right. of women bought them. And I tell you, that's the best, most solid ran organization in the league. Like <laughs> the Lakers are not bad, but I'm telling you those women in Seattle, they are reshaping everything. Things function differently there. They work at a high level. They sell out almost every game. Like they, they have a great fan following, but they have got in that community and spent a lot of money and got, they, they've elevated Sue. Not that Sue Bird was not an unbelievable player, but right. their backing elevated Sue to the level she's at to where now the ESPYs, if Sue goes to the ESPYs, they pay her $30,000 and send her a private jet. Right. You no, know, Sue has a, Sue's a different animal, but Seattle took the time to build that stardom for her. And it wasn't a fleeting stardom like in sports. You know, you get traded fast, you do this. They rooted in Sue Bird until they, right. until they built what they wanted. But very few organizations are really doing it like that. To me, they're right. the Spurs of the WNBA. <laughs> that's, a gr- that's a great comparison. That's yeah. a great comparison. Um, so let's talk about culture building. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's your feeling on it people people always throw out culture a lot as a as a i don't know you know every every coach says oh we got to build culture what what does that mean to you or the importance of it well to me the culture is the 
the bones of your organization. Culture shows up before the people do. Okay, now I'm gonna put this in perspective. Okay, let's talk about the Lakers when Magic Johnson and all those guys were there. That culture was, you knew if they came in there, they was about to showtime you to death and you hope you don't get embarrassed. Their culture preceded them. When you have a culture- Were you, were you a, before we go farther, were you a Lakers or a Celtic? I mean, I was, yeah, anyway. I was a Pistons fan. I'll, I'll oh. I have to say it. I was, I'm, and I'm, I'm mad about it now because I even wore Bill Lambert's number. When I found out what a big jerk he is, like I'm, I'm ashamed because he's not very nice to anybody ever, hardly, unless he's making a joke or making fun of you. So, uh, I've I, had- uh, so when I grew up, when I, I grew up in the middle of the Lakers Celtics thing and you, yeah. could, you had to pick one. You literally yeah. had and to at that time. I was probably I liked them both because I loved I'm a, I'm a shooter. I love Larry's ability to shoot. And the fact that he was a white guy, he didn't care. He didn't back down from nobody. He walked in there and he would talk trash to you and bust you up just like Jordan would. He didn't. I, I love that about him. But you couldn't help but the love magic's personality and, you know, what they built there. So for me, culture is everything. Culture precedes you and culture also. When people adhere to the culture, you eliminate ego. So this is not how we do things here. Your ego won't work. And, I've, and Spurs is a great example because Greg Popovich told me once he loved Kobe Bryant. And Kobe was the best player he'd ever seen in a long time. But he said, I'd never bring him to my team because he doesn't fit my culture. I, I don't have a culture of an individual that's going to shoot the ball 40 times. That's not what we're going to do. I'm going to find my success in my culture. And I think it's important for coaches and organizations to define what your culture are. You know, the, the Pistons were the bad boys. You know, if you came to play them, you was probably about to fight or get beat up. That was their culture. You know right. what I mean? But then there's a whole culture of integrity, respect, how you carry yourself. All those things factor into one thing, and it's culture, and it precedes you, and it's how That's, you. That was an interesting era of the of the of the game. In that, yes. it was a very, it was a very physical game. At that hard fouls, like. Bill Lambert was killing everybody. Remember the Jordan rules? Like Jordan came in the lane, you slammed him on the ground. Right. You remember the Jordan rules? I uh, you mean? <laughs> but but it's just the culture to me is when you don't have a culture, people just come in and they're acting any kind of way. And then you have all these fires to put out. When they come into a culture that's really set and it's this way, you know I'm adhering to the culture. You can find yourself somewhere else because that we don't do those things here. And that's how Seattle is. They have a culture. And if you don't fit that culture, you will not be there for very long. I promise you that. I, yeah. And I think, I think it, I think it goes, I think it goes past, past pop too. I think it's going to be, I think that's so inbred inbred in their, their um, I mean, I think the Spurs are going to be known for that for a really long time is what I'm trying to basically get out. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would love to hear your take on culture because it's, it's just to me, I played for the New York Liberty. We were kind of like the bad boys. Like we had, we grinded out games. We didn't have a lot of prolific scores, but we defended the crap out of you. Like our games probably averaged 50 points, you know, and we, we kept ourselves in every game. If we were down four, if we were down eight or up down eight to 10 within two minutes, we were probably going to win that game because our culture, we practice our late game stuff more than we practice anything. 
Oh, I'm so, a big one. I'm big one on late yeah. game stuff. I'm working on some situations. College coaches still don't get me with that. Like when I'm an assistant coach for a college coach and I'm like, we got to, we should work, we should implement working on late games. They just look at me like I'm crazy. I'm Bro like, Ryan was, Bro Ryan was the king of that. I'm telling you, he was the king of that. He, yeah, I know. Um, we spent a lot of time in that in our program. Uh, so here's what I always think about culture is like, it's like, what, you know, what, what do I want to be remembered for as a father or a husband? It's like, what do we want to be remembered of? It's like, I, I, I want someone to come and watch us has never seen us play. And they're going to tell, they're going to be able to tell what we are all about. Yes, like, sir. That's that, it. You, you know, it's like you, you could come into a gym in January in Wisconsin and you'd walk in and you'd see, you'd see what we are about, like how people treat each other, about how we play the game, about all, it's all the, it's when the cameras are off. You know, are you doing the right thing is what I always tell my guys, mm-hmm. you know, are you? Hey, everybody, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.